let's give it up for the worship team this morning. Come on. Hey, it's good to see you. We're glad that you made it to Luminous Church this morning. Well, I was, I was uh, struggling with the live stream over here. We, we had all these people texting us, where's the live stream? Where's the live stream? And so our, our router went down. So we apologize for those who are watching online. And maybe you, maybe you didn't tune off. Maybe you're still here and worshiping with us. It's always an honor that you would do that, whether you have a sick baby at home or you're on the road or traveling or something like that. We know uh, our family here misses you, and uh, we can't wait to see you next Sunday or in a Sunday in the future. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be there in just a moment, Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, man, uh, the promises, uh, quick shout out to Will Galloway and our campus team. Come on, come on. Will tore it up last week. I, I decided, uh, man, I'm going to let him preach every Sunday. Every Sunday, he's going to get the reps, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to be his biggest fan. I'm going to be his biggest cheerleader. And so he just did an incredible, incredible job preaching and sharing the word and, and encouraging us. It was fun having college students be a part of the service and be here and just participate and be a part of the service. That was incredible, hearing what God's doing on the college campus, on our high school campuses. Uh, five people got baptized last week. That was awesome, right? That was awesome. So, man, we're thankful that we, we saw those, um, the people get baptized. And, and, uh, and, you know, we do baptism a little bit different just to let you know this is our insight. This is our strategy. I'm going to let you into our strategy as we get into Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, our strategy is to get you from the chair into activity and participa participation with the kingdom of God. That, that's, our, that's our strategy. Our strategy is come here and to worship, but we want you to get, get you from the chair into activity. And, and some of you are like, oh, don't get me active, Pastor. Don't, don't get me out there. I just, I just want to sit here, and I just want to worship, and then I want to go eat. I want to go home. And if that's you, man, there's a place for you here. But for those who want to be involved at the next level, you'll have an opportunity at the end of service to participate in something that we're doing and and there's always involvement. God's always moving his church, right? He's mobilizing his people for the sake of the gospel. How many know time is short? Life is short. I remember being a college student, 19 years old, 20 years old, thought I had all the time in the world. College students. And then you hit 40. And then life goes quick. And you're like, whoa, somebody slowed down the clock. And it's the longer you live, the, the more eternity becomes present in your mind. I think God, maybe, maybe uh, that was his plan, that was his strategy, so that we'd become even more urgent about the coming of the kingdom, the coming of, of, of the Christ who would come and return for his bride, which I'm so grateful for. As you guys know, you've also been watching the news, and there's a lot of things going on, and I just want to take just maybe for a second, just pause, and I want to pray for those in Florida who've been, been wrecked with this hurricane, Hurricane Ian. And so I know that there's power in intercessory. I, I believe that as we pray our heart to join the people there and the kingdom of God there, and that God could come and supernaturally touch lives, that he would rescue people who may still need to be rescued, that he'd feed people who are hungry, that he'd provide shelter for those who need shelter. Can we pray for just a moment? Would you join me in prayer? Father, we um, are grateful for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we know that storms don't catch you by surprise. And Lord, we know that storms can wreak havoc and destruction and, and people can begin to get displaced. Lord, I know that we have several sister churches there, Every Nation churches, God, who experience 
damage to their buildings and damage to their homes. And Lord, we just come right now, right now, God, the body of Christ, Lord Jesus, that, that we are aware. And so we're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would supernaturally move, that you would supernaturally touch, that you would intervene in lives, God, who are calling out in distress. And I pray, God, that this would pave the way for a gospel message to be proclaimed in people in the state of Florida. And God, we just pray that you would touch them and throughout that region of the East Coast, touch them. Lord, our hearts are with them this morning. And we join them right now. Lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I, I know that we are, we are um, a local church, a local expression, but we have global connection. And I would just encourage you through your global connection, if you know somebody there, it's always helpful if you could send a text, not just uh, an inquiry, finding out information so you can know more so that you can tell somebody else, but it's an opportunity for you to actually inquire about their lives and be able to share the gospel and pray for them. I'd encourage you to do that if you know somebody there. We are talking about covenants this morning. We've been in God's promises. We have a devo that's going on, a devotional guide. If you don't have the guide, we ran out of the physical guides for this, for this devotional, but it's still available online. So you can click the QR code when you see it at the end of service, or you can follow us on Instagram, shameless plug on Instagram, follow us, luminous underscore church, and click the link tree right there and download that guide and participate with us. We'd love for you to do that. Today, I want to talk about a better covenant. A better covenant that God has these covenants set in place that we've been studying throughout the scripture. And today I want to talk about a better covenant. There's three things that we are trying to do in this series is that God has made a promise to us. Say God's made a promise to me. And then turn to your neighbor and say God's made a promise to you. And then say it together God's made a promise to us. As unique as you are. As amazing as your personality is, how God has knitted you together in your mother's womb. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows what's going on in your thought life. He's an omnipresent God, meaning he is present everywhere, everywhere, and in every circumstance and situation. God is present, and he knows your inner being. But I'm just so grateful that this promise wasn't just for Ben Chapman. Sometimes I get a little greedy. Anybody get a little greedy, you know, with your promises, with your gifts? It's like Christmas comes, birthdays come, you, you first got your license, you got a car, you get a little greedy with it. This is mine. We're in an individualistic society where it's my house, my car, my land, my job, my wardrobe. Everybody say mine. I love mine. I love it. I love that God gives me things. I love that he's given me these shoes. I'm a size nine. Not many men wear size nine, so these are mine. You know, Rob can't be taking these shoes. You know, what size shoe are you, Rob? Twelve. Yes, yes. <laughs> Large man. So, so you know, I'm, I'm size nine. These are my shoes. But, but this promise is yours, but it's, it's ours. It's a promise for all of us. It's a promise together. To be enjoyed together. Aren't you grateful for that? A promise to his church, luminous church, to his bride, to the church globally. This promise is for you. 
We also, in this series, is that um, the, the word, uh, the Bible is the word of God, and it is his promised covenant to us that we see that in the Bible, this covenant, this promise is unfolded, and this word is not just given to me, it's given to us. The importance of standing up and reading the word of God together, the importance of the apostle teaching and, and be able to share it and speak it is that it, it incorporates and encompasses all of us. And we also know that covenant covenant is is stronger, is a stronger party usually making a, a, an agreement with a weaker party. Covenant is a stronger party making a covenant with a weaker party. It's not like it's mutually beneficial or mutually shared. Covenant is, is extended and given by God who is great and doesn't need us. God doesn't need you. But he loves you. And he wants you. And he knows you. I love that God doesn't need me. Because it takes off the performance. Oh, i got to perform in order to please God because he needs me. God wants you. He loves you. And he's drawing you to himself. And he's making a covenant as the almighty God with a weaker vessel, a weaker individual. This is what covenants do. Covenants are like this. And covenants are in this place of that, that moving us into this promise and and we know that there is a better covenant. Better. What do I mean by better? Who wants better? I want better. Sometimes I want bigger and better. You know, I'm, I'm eyeballing the, you know, iPhone watch, like the, the 48 millimeter screen. It's just bigger. It's just better. I can read it. We, we want bigger and better. But what is this better? What are we looking at? Well, the old covenant that we have, have, have talked about in here and have shared about and you grew up with knowing the old covenant in the old Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, we read that there's an ancient people. Bless you. And this ancient people, right, they, they depended on different things. They depended on uh, the weather in order for their crops to grow. They, 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 they had different dependencies in these ancient people. They, they needed their crops to grow. They needed their livestock to be healthy. They prayed against plagues. They prayed against things taking out their cows. It wasn't like going um, in the modern people where you go to H-E-B, you know, and the food's just there. You know, like, where did that food come from? It just is there every time I go. But these ancient people had, had deep feelings and deep needs but these ancient people knew that they had little control, little control. They couldn't control the weather. They couldn't control their circumstances. There was little control. And as a result, it created a dependency on God. And oftentimes that level of dependency became a, uh, these religious instincts or these religious moments of coming through where, where I needed God to hear me. So I would go through these cries and these different pain points and these different, these different moments. And I would sacrifice in order to be in order that God would know me and I would be able to be able to get in his presence. And so God set up this covenant. He made a way for the, the ancient people to come to him. And it was this. It was through sacrifice. 
the ancient people were not much different than than you and me, right? We we all uh, were were broken, and we all uh, have this depraved heart, and there's all this uh, discrepancies in our in our life, and and humanity is is bad, and all these things, and yet yet we find that we too. Um, are not praying for rain, and, and we too aren't crying out for these things. We realize that we're not in control when we see our 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 football team play, and we're yelling at the screen. I've been there. I've been at Pastor Edgar's house when the 49ers are playing, and and his his that, that vein is just popping out of his head, and he's he's yelling at this, and he realizes in this moment, you know, I care deeply, but I have no control over the outcome of this game. We, we all move into these places of, of um, the ancient people and, and the modern people where we're constantly crying out for, for this level of control. This level of control because at the end of the day, uh, the level of control is the fulfillment of the needs that I need, right? To, to be loved and to be known and to be connected and to find meaning. And so when we do this, we, we actually um, attribute all these things to football games and to different, different aspects and crying out for it for these, for these moments. But God is moving us into a place where the old covenant was the way to move into God and into God's presence and in his presence that's where we find that fulfillment. That's where we find the peace. That's where we find the joy. That's where we find God moving in a powerful way. And in the same way, there was this new covenant that was being promised, a better covenant. The old covenant was good, but it just didn't quite satisfy. Uh, it says that a, a, a bull was not sufficient for the sins that we committed. And so in the new covenant, we, it was promised and God would bring this new covenant about and and it was it was this covenant that would that would cause his son to come and invite us into it. That we move into this place where we realize that we need God and we need to press in and that our true strength and our fulfillment comes by not yelling at a screen or, or yelling at the sky, but by being in his very presence. So Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 19 through 25, we want to read about this new covenant. Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews was more a sermon that was preached. I thought about just reading Hebrews this morning as a sermon. Hebrews is, it was a sermon that was preached and it was talking to the Hebrew Christians, those who came to know faith. And it was in this place when they're a little lethargic, got a little discontent. They were getting a little fatigued. They were wondering, well, maybe we should go back to Judaism. Maybe we should go back to the old way of thinking and the old way of life. And the writer of Hebrews is spurring them on and encouraging them and tell them, no, this new covenant is so much better than the old covenant that you once had. And in verse 19, it says this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience 
and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, encourage one another. What makes God's covenant better? What makes God's covenant better? The first thing that we see that makes God's covenant better is God's presence is available. That God's presence is available. That, that there's this human condition where we're all crying out for this importance and for significance and to find fulfillment through whether it's a sports team or through, through rain from the sky or, or maybe some um, idol or something that we prop up. We're trying to find significance through different means and different measures. And yet, this is just writing that our fulfillment will be when we rest in God's presence. That his presence is available for you and me. This is what we see as the better covenant. In the old covenant, you may remember that there was only one person who could go into the holy of holies, the inner room of the temple. And there the presence of God resided. And it was once a year that the high priest got to go into the holy of holies behind the curtain. And yet in the new covenant, the better covenant, we see that the, the veil is torn and now God was allowing access to his very, to himself by entering into that place. We this morning get to have access to God because of what Jesus did for us by tearing the veil, by being the better sacrifice. In Hebrews 10, 10, it says this, and by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. As Jesus Christ is sacrificed, as his body is given, the veil is torn, and it's once and for all. How many are thankful they're not putting the curtain back together? They're not stitching the curtain back together, and they're not making a barrier once again to God. But how many of us sometimes uh, stitch our own curtain and create our own barrier to God? But maybe our sins or our past or our difficulties or situations that, that keep us from God's presence. But God is saying, I want you to come in. And it's not coming in on your own merit. It's coming in now through the blood. Through the blood of Jesus, we're allowed to come in. And we it's nothing we can earn, but it's a gift from Jesus that produces sincere hearts in us. A heart that's sincere. A heart. That's what a better covenant does. It gives us a sincere heart, not a self-righteous heart. Religion will give you self-righteousness, meaning you're righteous on your self-efforts and your self-endeavors by what you do and not do, by the checkbox that you have every day. This is what religion does. It makes you self-righteous. And then if you spent more time with God this week, you went to church more this year than your neighbor, then all of a sudden you walk around a little puffed up. Yeah, I went to church this morning. You walk around puffed up, but, but God is bringing us into a sincere heart. A better covenant is sincere hearts. He's making hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Paper hearts. Hearts that are written on. 
And he's writing his word on your heart. And he's writing loved, forgiven, chosen, accepted, royal priesthood, able to enter into my presence, able to draw near, that you're able to come because of what the blood has done. Hebrews 8.10 says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Before, the laws were written on stones, but now the law is written on our hearts and our mind. That's why Jesus challenges us. Do not commit adultery, but if you think of a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. I say do not murder, but if you have anger, you have murdered because I'm moving it from a stone into your heart. I'm moving it from impersonal to personal. I'm building something inside of you and creating relationship with you. And this is what I'm calling you to see. A better covenant brings relational trust. Relational trust is what we're entering into with Jesus. A trust to, to be known by him and to know him. Every relationship, the foundation of a relationship is trust. How many of you know that sometimes we're untrustworthy? I have lied. I have said things that I didn't fulfill my commitment or my promise to. I have fallen short. Have you fallen short? I used to say this, we're all jacked up. That's what I would tell my youth ministry. We're all jacked up. And once you know that, then you can start from there. Once you know that, then you know, now I need forgiveness. There's nothing worse in this world than a bunch of Christians who think they're saved but never encountered the living God. They walk around like Christians, but they never truly accepted it. They come for a great message and a great talk. And it tickled their ears, but it didn't pierce their soul. See, this is what happens when we realize like we're all jacked up and I'm messed up. Then it allows me to move to a place of going to my father and confessing my sin. Admitting that I'm a sinner. And through that, what does he do? Anytime you confess to the father, it's like the prodigal running home to his front door. What does the father do? He picks up the robe and he runs to him. He runs to her and he embraces them. He embraces you. He hugs you. He loves you. And that's where trust is built. And this relational trust it's a powerful when you build a relationship, a friendship, a marriage with this kind of trust where you can go and you can be honest and the other person can be full of grace and mercy, not by their power, but by, by the power of God and offer forgiveness and extend a hand and keep loving you. How many know that's difficult to do? Whether you're on the giving end or the receiving end of it, it's very difficult. But what I love about this is this is what Jesus has paved the way for. The better covenant is a covenant where we come with our mess and God starts making us into something beautiful. He, says, Take, he takes your filthy rags and he gives you new ones. 
This is what God is moving us into. And this brings about a relational confidence. A relational confidence. As you step into this trust and you step into this better covenant, the covenant that he's provided, the promise that is set before us, and we say, here I am, Jesus, here's my mess, and you give it to him, and he embraces you. There's a trust that happens, and out of that becomes a relational confidence that you're no longer ashamed, you're no longer beat down, your head's no longer low, but you start walking confident in the promise that God has for you, that you are beloved, that you are his, that you are known and he has incredible plans for your life and he's going to set you on the course in exactly where he wants you to go this is an incredible god an incredible savior and i love this relational confidence you find this in friendship you find it in marriage you find it when you have it with a roommate it's like when Brandy and I are on sync, we're on the same page, and we are, don't have anything hidden, and we have that communication, and we spend time together. What do I do? I walk around like, woo, I'm married, and I love it. It brings us confidence that she's going to be faithful, I'm going to be faithful. You have this confidence in your friendships. I can trust you. You have my back. I have yours. How much more so for the living God who comes and encounters us? Lastly, we see through this better covenant uh, that gatherings have purpose. There's purpose to our meeting. There's purpose in why we came. There's purpose in coming and worshiping and coming together. The better covenant allows us to stand with one another allows us to lean on one another when you have that that relational equity with jesus and that right standing with god then you come to your brothers and your sisters and you realize their dependency is also on god it's also on him and together you move in sync it's unity it's it's like it's a team that is completely connected this is what's incredible when we walk in a better covenant is that God moves us together. We see each other's dreams come true. We see faith come and live in us. We see true widows taken care of. We see the poor taken care of. We see the gospel preached. We see businesses that are righteous and have integrity. We see students concerned about their academics because they want to make a kingdom difference in this world. We see marriages restored and, and become whole. We see the friction between friendships made right. We see these family disputes be reconciled. And when we come together and we gather together, God does something incredible incredible this is what God has called us to this is what he wants for us in this better covenant is to be relationally connected not just to him but to one another in this world of technology it can give this illusion that we're connected but not really have you found that to be true 
You have a thousand Facebook friends, but still you're lonely. You have had a hundred likes on the right photo and the right angle that you posted. But no one even knows your birthday or knows what you're going through, knows your struggles, knows your pains, not able to fight with you and for you. The gathering, the church, is to be known, to be known and to know each other. And not just for the sake of feeling better about yourself, but so that we can honor God and live this out and glorify him. The unique thing about the church gathering is this. We don't gather as other people gather. We don't gather like a country club and we don't gather like a student org. We don't gather like your neighbors when you all come together. We gather for a purpose. And the purpose is Jesus. A better covenant moves us into a place so that we can gather together into the Holy of Holies. So the church can come to his presence and sit at his feet together. I'm grateful that you came this morning and we were able to sit at Jesus' feet. And yes, we sat individually, but we sat together and we looked to him and we gave him honor and we gave him glory. And did you know as he was affirming you, he wasn't just affirming you, he was affirming us. He wasn't just speaking life over you. He was speaking life over us. How good and pleasant it is when we grow together, join together in unity, come in this place and worship him. A better covenant, a covenant that God wants to invite you into. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes this morning. As you're postured there, I'll confess, I have no idea what that first part of the sermon was. But the second part of the sermon, Hebrews chapter 10, where we are, God has a better covenant for you. He sees you and he loves you. And I want you to ask yourself this question. I want you to feel this moment in your heart and in your soul. Are you lonely? Are you known? Have you been working and striving so hard in your own strength, trying to earn approval? The old covenant was written on stones. The old covenant knew God almost as a distant God. But the new covenant, when Jesus came, that everybody was looking forward to in the old ancient world, that a Messiah would come. That a Messiah would come. And he would move a heart of stone into a heart of flesh.
I'm praying that the void and the emptiness and the depravity and the, the, the hurtfulness and the, the bitterness and the striving and, and everything that looks like a stone would be made new this morning. Would be made in flesh. And I'm asking right now that you would just envision the Holy Spirit riding on your heart. And just ask him, Holy Spirit, I invite you to ask him and engage him. Holy Spirit, show me the words that need to be written. Show me as you're writing. Let me see. I know many of you are seeing God right on your heart and changing you and shaping you. Father, we thank you for this time. We ask that you would just let us remember you. Thank you for your work that you're doing this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.